Hey, welcome to 49ers After Dark. It's Jesse Naylor. I'm Grant Cohn. It's been a while since we've done this show. Jesse, how come you don't like me anymore? <laughs> I'm just not a big fan of Grant Cohn, you know, but he begged me to come back. So here I am. We'll do the show, I guess. Thank you. Where you been? <laughs> I was in Costa Rica for about 10 days or so, man. It was beautiful there. Highly, highly yeah. recommend it. Where were like what did you do in Costa Rica? What does one do in Costa Rica? Sorry. Oh, there's a lot. I yeah. definitely, if you go to Costa Rica, you have to do the zip lining. That was one of the first things we did. It was gorgeous. You get to zip line through the forest. You see monkeys, you see sloths, you see toucans. It's Love incredible. Toucans. That's great. That's really fun. Did you chill on the beach? Oh, definitely. We uh so the first half of the vacation was all forest. So it was a lot of like rainforest. Uh actually ran into the most deadly snake in the world saw a pit viper up close and personal so that was great Damn. to see not really and then the second half of the vacation one? uh well my wife didn't know it was a pit viper it was a baby and she like moved it along with the stick and then we realized probably don't want to do that you knew the whole time you let her take one for the team no like, no no, no i didn't know i didn't know one of the guys was like we showed a picture we're like oh we found the snake he goes don't touch that snake. We have to get it off the property immediately. It's the deadliest snake in the world. We're like, oh, we didn't know. We had no idea. Stupid Americans. So then, then, yeah, me too. So well, I'm glad she's alive. Then the second half of the vacation was all beach front, beautiful. Yeah, it was a good time. Good for the soul. Nice. You were in Costa Rica. Then I was in New York. New York, yeah, sure. the Hamptons. I was not at the white party though. I'm still mad that I didn't get the invitation. Like, how many YouTube subscribers do I need? Are you kidding? You don't know. At me? least seventy thousand, I would say. You were, I guess. Yeah. So close. Yeah. Just yeah. can't quite break through. <laughs> All right, that's enough. We're talking about uh, the latest Niners news and rumors. There's a juicy one going around Twitter. It's that the Atlanta Falcons are rumored to be making offers to the 49ers about Trey Lance. Uh, it may or may not be true. In fact, I'm thinking it isn't, but it's something to talk about because it's out there and I didn't make it up. What do you know about this rumor? <laughs> I I am leaning towards the side that it's not necessarily true either. It doesn't sound right to me. It doesn't. It doesn't. Right. But say, well, what, say I mean, what it is. Yeah. I, well, I'll say this. I don't know that the whole thing doesn't sound right because I really do believe from everything that I've heard and, and all the things that I've read that the Falcons were definitely in on Trey Lance at pick four if the 49ers hadn't sure. taken them. So the team sounds right. The timing definitely seems off. And what they're rumored to be offering is a third round pick that could essentially escalate to a second round pick, depending on, you know, whatever they, they put in the agreement, whether it's games played or how well Trey Lance plays or what have you. The question is, the question I guess is not, is it real or not? Cause we have no idea. Let's assume that it's not, but if it were, do you think that is realistically what Trey Lance is worth? And do you think that's enough to move off of Trey Lance if you're the 49ers? I think that is probably the real questions. You say it again. What What is Atlanta rumored to be offering here? A third round pick that could escalate to a second round pick depending on whatever stipulations they were to put in place. We'll say games played for him this year or something like that. That's why I don't think this is real. I don't think his market is there right now. If it were, I think he would have might have been traded around the, the draft. Yeah. Uh, I think maybe they're happy they didn't trade him around the draft because he came back and is is better, according to all reports. Debo, Kittle, Kyle, man has improved. And I've seen it too. He he can actually throw the short passes with touch now. 
as opposed to two years ago. More touch. So I, I don't, after all the Niners have done, the injuries, the surgery, I don't think there's that much of a trade market. I really, I've always felt that way. When Larry Kruger was adamant that he was going to get traded during the draft, I'm like, Larry, no one wants him because he's inexperienced. He, he was inexperienced coming out of college. The Niners set him back with more inexperience, and he's been hurt. And they said they don't like him. So what team is going to say the Niners are wrong? Here's a third-round pick that could become a second. I just don't see it. And it's the Niners' fault because he could. He really should be worth that. This is the third pick in the draft who's only started four games. He should be worth a, a first. But the Niners have done such a good job of tanking his market. I don't think they're – I mean, I don't know. who. Uh, what team is going to say, you know what, that's going to be our starting quarterback this year? Yeah, I think – For not playing him. Yes, definitely agree with that. I also think – out of all times ever anyways, this is the worst time to try to trade a quarterback. All quarterbacks' value is at an all-time low because everybody has healthy quarterbacks at this point. Right. Once teams start losing players and start losing quarterbacks, especially if they think they're competitive, then that's the time when quarterback value goes up. I, I tend to agree. I don't think that there's a lot of value right now for Trey Lance. I don't know that there ever was. But interestingly enough, you know, I had similar conversations with Larry when he was talking about Trey Lance potentially could be traded during the draft. And he said, what would you be willing to trade him for? And my exact scenario was exactly what the Falcons are rumored to be offering, which is, hey, I think a third round pick that could potentially escalate to a second sounds about right to me. I think the and Niners would too. I just, and I think that's probably why they haven't traded him yet. I don't think it's out there. And the, here's the thing. With a quarterback, I feel like don't teams want their starting quarterback in the building on the team when OTAs start? Like, what Super yeah. Bowl winning team added a quarterback late in the year or late in the process, even late in the offseason? I'm, I'm sure there's one, but like, usually yeah. the guy was on the team in OTAs, mini camp, training camp the whole time, not like some guy that they got in August. Seems like most teams want to have a plan, want to have a starter, and aren't trying to scramble around on July 29th being like, oh, that's our starter. And he's learning our system. And he has a month. We're going to win the Super Bowl. We got this. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But I also think that Atlanta's probably, they're not in that position to even even make the they're playoffs. Trey most Lance likely. away, baby. Yeah. yeah so I think for the them, it would year. be a long-term play is what sure. it would be. Sure. Sure. Uh, Matthew Sanders says, East Coast or West, Jesse? Uh, Tamarindo is fire. Uh, I was actually kind of central for when i was in the uh, foresty area and then i went more i was on the pacific side so west coast when i was at the uh the beach side cool dave barkley says how much i miss seven minutes fire <laughs> kyle love trey <laughs> nathan flores says is july 12 2023 and trey lance is still on the 49ers trey area <laughs> how long until those videos if he's on can we get a commitment from grant cone today 7 12 2023 that if trey lance is not the starter next year but is on the roster we can start to get those videos back sure i think it'd be fair it just felt All like right. last year they were saying yeah jimmy's not gonna be on this team we're getting rid of jimmy jimmy's like uh-huh uh -huh. when when because he's still here never got rid of him dave barclay says love you guys <laughs> as well keep killing it both y'all thank you dave francisco thank you, dave. over under trey 7.5 starts interesting under I have to say under. I wouldn't put yeah. money on the over on that one. Under. Okay. Moving on. There is a new podcast out. 
interviewing Kyle Shanahan, Mike McDaniel, Sean McVay, Matt LaFleur. Mike McDaniel's part is really interesting. Jesse found it for me. Uh, I shall play it for you right now. Here it is. Wait a second. Fangio is his defensive coordinator. Here it is. McDaniel also just hired Vic Fangio as his defensive coordinator. Fangio, of course, was the white whale for so many of McDaniel's former co-workers. That's one of the reasons I'm so excited and went the direction I went with our defense coordinator. Because I think there's a ton of ability to grow within. And if you are paired with the right system and teacher that you can really get a lot out of it. I think having a, an ego is pretty dumb. One that operates in a land of insecurity, that ego, whatever that is, is pretty dumb. And I refuse to have that be a part of my being. So I think it's a special situation for us where I can really take advantage of Vic, um, where some people either wouldn't hire him because of the threat to whatever that shit is, or out of insecurity, try to show them how much they knew all the time. Both of those things that I think are dumb and I'm not trying to be dumb. <laughs> Who is he talking about, Jesse? Hold on. Can we also just acknowledge that Mike McDaniel sounds three dumb? bong rips deep every time he speaks? Yeah, he sounds like he's on cough syrup. What was it? Hey, man, I don't know. He's on lean. <laughs> Why was he so turned down like that? He was like he was like chopped and screwed. Yeah, man. I... Anyway, he was chopped and screwed. Anyway, that was wild. He how many times did he just insinuate that Kyle Shanahan was dumb and has an ego? I because he... for the people who don't know, the Niners were in play for Vic Fangio. A lot of people thought they would get Vic Fangio, but if you want Vic Fangio, you got to make some concessions. You got to run a three four. You got to run the base defense that he wants. That's a deal breaker for the 49ers because Kyle Shanahan decided that he wants to run wide nine. So he was not willing to make that concession. Steve Wilkes was going to run a wide nine. Fine. But Vic Fangio is, is like the best and he's going to do it the way he wants to do it. Also, the other, the other thing was worse that McDaniel said. Feeling inferior intellectually to someone that you can't feel. In, that's bad. That's bad. And I've always wondered how come you always have these like up and comers on your staff and you, you, they're all smart. But Vic Fangio could stand up in a meeting and say, Kyle, that is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Please do not install that seven-step play-action pass on the first. Don't do it, man. I don't want – if I were the defensive coordinator and you were blocking Rasan Reddick with Tyler Croft, I would jump for joy. So, yeah, he could do that and actually challenge Kyle. And apparently coaches like the one that Mike McDaniel was describing don't want to be challenged. It's very interesting, and he called it dumb have to agree maybe it's not kyle maybe i misread kyle all these years maybe he doesn't have the biggest ego ever maybe he doesn't is that possible oh, i don't know man not only did he say it's dumb but he doesn't want to be dumb and i okay let's operate under the assumption that he's not intentionally taking shots at kyle but he is indirectly whether he wants to or not taking shots at kyle i mean he's talking about kyle shinehan he is basically explaining the opposite of Kyle Shanahan and the fact that the 49ers were in on Fangio and a lot of rumors came out that the reason Fangio wasn't here, which I, 
I do think they hired the right coach in Wilkes. I prefer Wilkes at this stage of Fangio's career. However, the big reason Fangio's not here, supposedly, is because he and Kyle couldn't come to a philosophy agreement, right. which means Kyle's ego is potentially what got in the way. And Mike McDaniel says, hey, I don't have an ego. His defense do what you want to given, do, Vic. Yep. Do what you want to do, Vic. Yeah, his defense is never presume to tell you what to fixed. do with your freaking defense. I would never yep. presume. I'm just happy to have you. Whereas Kyle's like, man, I got some ideas about my defense. Okay, <laughs> here's the thing. You said that the, that you'd rather have Steve Wilkes than Vic Fangio. Cool, great, cool, cool, cool. Who do you think the Dolphins would rather have? Oh, Fangio for yeah. sure. Who do you think sure. every team in the league would rather have? Well, I don't know about every team in the league. I think there's well, the probably apparently would rather have Steve Wilkes. Yeah, that's one. I, no, I would love to have Steve. Fangio. I'm sorry, Steve, but it's Vic Fangio. Like he is in the. Uh, I mean, who's better than who's better than Vic? Really, like B Pete Carroll, Bill Belichick. Their defenses haven't been performing as well as Vic's the last consistently the last ten years. Vic's that dude. He's oh, him. Vic, Vic is that dude. He is that dude. Yeah, he is him. I agree. I agree with all of that. I just think Wilkes being younger. Sure. I do think Wilkes also personality wise going from Sala to D'Amico to Wilkes. It the drop off is right. is not going to be there's not much of a difference there. I understand why it makes sense for the 49ers. However, Vic Fangio, to your point, is quote unquote him. And Mike McDaniel readily admits his defense gives our offense fits. And when he says our offense, he's not meaning the Dolphins. He's meaning our the coaching tree of the Shanahan's. He knows how to stop that. So guess what happens naturally through these meetings? You get better because Vic Fangio is telling you how your offense can be exploited day in and day out. Everybody gets better because of it. So I think with what McDaniel is basically trying to answer, the way the podcaster set it up was McDaniel got a, you know, pulled off a, how did he get? Vic Fangio, how did he get Vic Fangio? And I think what McDaniel's saying is like, Kyle didn't want him. Kyle could have had him. Kyle is the number one defense. Vic Fangio's worked there before. They had creative differences. And Vic Fangio fell in my lap. Thank you, Kyle, for just being yourself and never changing. Thank yeah. you so much. Because now, like, what an addition to the Dolphins. Vic Fangio, wow. Actually, you can take them seriously now as a contender. Also, another well, difference absolutely. between Mike McDaniel and Kyle is how they treat the quarterback position. They don't now, neither one protects the guy. Let's be no. real clear about that. But at least Mike McDaniel like pretends he likes the guy. That's nice. He pretends to be his friend, pretends that he thinks he's good. I don't know what he really thinks about him, but he says nice things. I like compliments and praise, even if it's fake. Just lie to me. Say I'm good looking. <laughs> Say I'm handsome. Say I look young. Just all of it. You I know what care. to do, chat. That is your cue. Throw look him out. Me in my eyes and lie to me. <laughs> Act like I'll believe anything. Let's also not forget the timeline of how everything happened, Grant. If you remember when Vic Fangio was out there to be had, it was rumored he was going to the Dolphins. Then all of a sudden, he wasn't going to the Dolphins because he had interest in the 49ers and the 49ers had interest in him. About a week later, those interviews happened. All of a sudden, he ends up back with the Dolphins. It's pretty clear essentially what happened and what Mike McDaniel is saying here. Yeah. Um and it's just funny how a coach like Mike McDaniel, 
basically this coaching tree. You're listening to it in this podcast, and you think, man, these guys are so tight. They love each other. They go way back. They're like brothers. Who freaking knows how they actually feel about each other privately? You know what I mean? I mean, they could hate each other. They could feel like maybe McDaniel feels like I'm so much smarter than Kyle and I'm so much better, but because I'm Mike McDaniel and he's Mike Shanahan's son, I had to wait my turn. And wait. But, but who knows? I mean, they all, well, the best thing about what Mike McDaniel was saying is talking about co coaches with egos and that he doesn't have one. Come on, <laughs> Mike, I love you. I mean, yeah, I love you, man. But like, are you kidding? Like, only someone with a huge ego would actually even say something like that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know no I mean? doubt about it. No doubt about exactly. it. But. Yeah, you you were talking about who knows if they actually like each other. Let's not forget also that LaFleur and Shanahan were tight. Sala was in LaFleur's wedding. And all of a sudden, the 49ers reach out about Rodgers before they draft Trey Lance. And all of a sudden, the whole situation goes awry. And they're, they don't even shake hands after the game. They don't even look each other in the eye. These things can sour quickly. And so McDaniel leaves, and he has all this passive-aggressive stuff. Like, I'm not saying it about him specifically. Also, D'Amico last year. Remember, I'll never forget when he was talking about, like, energy energy depleters. You remember that? We were in yeah. Colorado, and he was talking about how certain coaches come in and just suck the energy out of a room and how you can't have people like that. It's like, oh, I know one guy like that. <laughs> you just don't know how people – I mean, I feel like a lot of people appreciate Kyle. Kind of like how people work with me and appreciate me, but deep down hate me. It's like, look, I like Grant, and he's going to help my YouTube channel out, but I really think he says some stupid stuff, and I'm not going to think he said it myself. I feel like there's a, there's a fair amount of people like that. I get that. Me and Kyle have way too much in common. That's why I try to go easy on him sometimes. It's like I'm just knocking myself. Everything I say about it. It's, just, <laughs> it's like in, at this point. introspective. Look at yeah. yourself in some weird way. Seriously. Um, okay, hold on. Uh, Jamila 13 says Grant smacked Rob with stats. <laughs> the irony. <laughs> That's actually kind of funny. I don't know. I think I got kind of upset. I don't know if I won that. It was fun, though. Don C says, Jesse, where did you get your blue, black, Jesus only hat? Love it. Hope you're both doing well. Uh, you can DM me on Twitter and I'll send you the exact link. But oh. other than that, if, if you don't have Twitter, then you can certainly just look up Jesus only hat and it'll pop up. Hey, Mike. Are you high? <laughs> yes. Hey, uh, crazy, man. You're crazy. Great. I like you, man, but you're is that a crazy. drink in your neck? <laughs> crazy, man. Uh Dave Barclay says McDaniel was obviously talking about banana hands. I mean, yeah. If yes. I were Kyle, I would have called him up and be like, bro, bro, I thought we were pros. And McDaniel would have been like, bro, we are bro. Official band music 88 says ATL was first to say they weren't out of the Lamar Jackson trade, but we're we are to believe a source that they want to trade when they have their own young quarterback. They want to see more from the math is off. I think the math is probably a little bit off. Surprise. But maybe, you know, maybe people have their own sources. So do yep. you think Jets and Dolphins will be good? Yes. At least Although, one of them will be. Tua has to stay healthy for the Dolphins. Yeah. The Dolphins are like the Niners. They're essentially like, can you really take them seriously? Are they going to keep their quarterback upright? Probably not. They got Mike White now, though, so they're good. Oh, psych. Or <laughs> better this year than last. I think the the Dolphins, excuse, I think the Jets could be really good this year. I think the Jets could be really good this year. Yeah, there was an interview today with, I believe, the left tackle of the Bills that he was talking about the Jets and just how well they're, like, just how well they're coached, how good their defensive line is. And how yeah. much of a threat that team actually is. So, I, like Salah's defense over there is really, 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 really yeah. good. And um, 
you know, like they fired their offensive coordinator. They got Nathaniel Hackett. Like, who cares? They got Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is the offensive coordinator. Let's see how he does. He's always wanted this kind of uh, power and input. You got it. You're Peyton Manning. You're Tom Brady. What you got? Let's see. I wouldn't. With a good defense, I think he's going to be pretty good. Well, and Nathaniel Hackett's dad taught Shanahan the play action game. All of this comes full circle. All of these guys hire their buddies. It's a whole whole deal, I guess, with the Shanahan tree. So official BNA music 88 says uh Kyle is likely to talk himself out of some panties because of stubbornness <laughs> instead of just being a good wingman and making the friend. <laughs> Thanks. That was good. That was really good. I was like, I was like, what? I thought that was a typo when he wrote panties. I was like, I can't. No, okay. Oh, yeah, it's really metaphor. It is. That's good. No, I love you. I like love it. you, man. Third round picks for Wilkes. Okay. Sure. And he's good. He's a good coach. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but Fangio's but, um, much more proven. No doubt about that. Connor Worrell. Thank you very much. Matthew Sanders. Mike McDaniel puts the lotion on its skin. Does it twice a day? Does it He on. did sound like that. I'm not gonna lie. <gasps> Would you? Oh, I'm not gonna say it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a, hold on. Oh, let's bump you. the brakes a little bit. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> How does this always happen on our show? I, I drink these Lacroix and I get crazy. <laughs> you get look crunked. <laughs> Okay, uh, Elliot Shore Parks, a Philadelphia writer, beat writer, big time guy. Shout out Elliot Shore Parks, never met you. Went on radio or something or tweeted, <laughs> I got my facts right, that the Niners are the most overrated contender in a long time. What do you think? Buy or sell? Buy or sell? I, I think, and just trying to have my pulse on other fan bases that most other fan bases actually believe that that they don't look at the 49ers with their current quarterback situation as a threat to actually win a super bowl now they do believe that the 49ers have a very good team of course they'll be a playoff team but they don't look at the 49ers in fear and say ah oh, well that team that team will be the reason we don't win a super bowl most fan bases don't look at the 49ers that way and i think it's probably reasonable to think that Teams with good quarterbacks probably don't view the 49ers that way either. Now, that doesn't mean that they can't win a Super Bowl. One thing I learned early on in life is you don't have to be scared to get your ass whooped. So you could still lose the fight. You could still lose to the 49ers. But do you fear the 49ers with their quarterback situation? No, not likely. Yeah, but like, I mean, they went to the NFC Championship game with Brock last year. For sure. Like, do I think they're going to win the Super Bowl? <clears throat> no. I don't, but they're still the team that beats you up. They're still really tough to face. Who, no matter who, yeah. like you're still gonna come out of that game more sore than any other week, no matter who the quarterback is. You still have to withstand those body blows. So, I mean, you know the type of team the Niners are. The only thing that's gonna derail them from making it pretty deep in the playoffs is a bunch of injuries. But are they gonna win the Super Bowl? Probably not. I mean, that's kind of the whole discussion we have every single time on this. So I don't know if, like, Elliot thinks they're going to miss the playoffs. I feel like they could start Brock, you know, run the ball 45 times a game and win a lot of games. Like, they were in this position in 2019. Everyone thought they were a joke. Jimmy was coming off a, a, a surgery. He missed a lot of the offseason. They started off 8-0, freaking running yeah. the ball. So 
I mean, they're a little flawed. I, I think like they're a weak, they're they're an overrated offensive line that lost their right tackle and replaced him with Colt McKivitt. It's like I'm a little I'm a little skeptical, but essentially, it's a really great team. Essentially, oh, very very yeah. good team. And quarterback aside, arguably the best roster in the league. Ish second, maybe third. I would have to say so. Philly's Philly. Right. Philly's right Philly's there. Offensive line is so good. It's a big that's different problem. Uh, differentiator. Yeah. I don't I think I think that's it. It's not just quarterback, it's offensive line. The two most important positions in football are position groups. Probably question marks for the four downers. Not necessarily weaknesses. They could be middle ground or what have you, but definitely question marks. And until those question marks are answered with a resounding, hey, we're fine here, then it's tough to really look at the four downers and say, hey, they're going to win a Super Bowl or they should be a favorite to win a Super Bowl. Definitely, they're going to be in contention. The NFC is wide open. I don't think I would be shocked if they end up in a Super Bowl by any means, but there's winning other teams it, that I would take over them to win a Super Bowl, certainly. Yeah, I mean, I, I still think Philly is a better team than the Niners, but other than Philly and the NFC, how many teams are definitely better than the Niners? Seattle could pass oh. them. That's one more team. Other than those two. Um, Dallas, maybe. Dallas, but the Niners have beaten them the last two times they've faced. Oh, so out coach. The 49ers have such a better Dan coach. Dan Quinn does a great coach. job, but who yeah. their offense in Dallas sucks. Awful. Awful. But they got a so, new offensive coordinator, so we'll see. Who is it now? Is it I forget who it is, but... Kellen Moore wasn't getting it done. That guy. Kellen there. Moore went to the Chargers, I believe, so good luck, <laughs> Herbert. <laughs> Sorry, bud. I think that is one thing that people don't talk enough about with the Niners, like, yeah, they're a contender, and yeah, they're one of the best teams in the NFC, but the NFC is really weak. If the Niners yeah. were the AFC, would they get as much credit? Would they get as much ink? No one uses ink anymore. Newspapers are dead. Would they get as much media if they were just a team in the AFC? Like, without a quarterback, I think they wouldn't get as much attention. But in the NFC, they're like, wow, look at how far they can go without a quarterback. Like, yeah, well, I mean, who do they have to beat? I mean, realistically, if you put them in the AFC and you put them in any of the divisions that aren't the AFC South, you probably wouldn't pick the 49ers to win the division. Mm -mm. You wouldn't pick them to win the division in the West. You wouldn't pick them to win the division in the North or the East because all those divisions have elite quarterbacks with exactly. good teams. So they could win the AFC South? I mean, yeah, that's assuming they're better than the Jags, which I would probably choose them above, but Lawrence probably. is coming on. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one way to look at it. Like, yeah, they're great, but like kind of like a team that remember what the AFC was like when we were kids? And it was like, do we even take this oh. conference seriously? Like this conference yeah. is a joke. Whoever yeah. wins this conference is gonna lose. When we were kids, like the best game of the year was the NFC championship game. That was a absolutely Super Bowl. yes. It was. It's like who cares about Oh, you got to go through the Chargers next week. Oh, <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> um, okay. So let's say uh, things go south this year and the Niners don't win the Super Bowl and Elliot Shore Parks is right that they were just a totally overrated contender. What's going to be the reason for that? Kyle Shanahan or whichever quarterback is under center when they come up short? I mean, I, I would probably put it on Kyle, but I don't think it's leaning that way, and I'll tell you why. There's a lot that points to the quarterback taking the blame. First of all, I don't know if you've seen these lists from the NFL executives 
on their ranking each position group in the NFL. But so far, they've worked through the defense. Right now, as it stands, they have Bosa as the number one edge rusher in the league. Hargrave is the number five interior defensive lineman. Warner is the number one linebacker. Then you move over to CBS Sports. They have CMC as the number one running back. PFF has Trent Williams as the number one offensive lineman. You look at their offensive weaponry, top three in the league, outside of quarterback, I would say. And in 2022, they had the number one defense, not to mention big publications like PFN and PFF have Kyle Shanahan as a top five coach. So who is going to take the blame? Some people even think their offensive line is top 10. Like, If you get really go. right, some people say yeah. that. Like, hey it's, yeah. hey, it's a good offensive line. Like, okay, yeah. if you say so. And that's another excuse they don't have. Right. Why haven't they won? So who takes so, the blame if they don't win? They, Quarterback. Right, and also and it Kyle should be Kyle, pivot, right? Like <laughs> he can always be like, "Well, we can just get a new quarterback next year. We'll get Kirk Cousins next year." Yep. Okay, and Niner fans are like, "Okay, sounds great." No, I don't know, but it's Kyle. It I don't understand <laughs> how it could be the quarterback when Kyle picked all these guys. This is you. This is they're all an extension of you. This is what you want. You want guys who are cheap, right? You said you wanted a room. You said you wanted cheap. You got it. You love Brock Purdy, right? You love Trey Lance, right? You love Sam Darnold. You love all of them. You have three franchise quarterbacks, Kyle. Make it work. Stop I using think, that as an excuse. I think a lot of us would agree that Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't good enough to get it done. And Kyle Shanahan certainly agreed with that as well. But let's not forget that Kyle Shanahan drafted a guy that he felt would be better in Trey Lance. And Trey Lance isn't even starting on this team. Brock Purdy is, which presumably means that he thinks he has at least two quarterbacks better than Jimmy Garoppolo on this roster. So what's the excuse now if you yeah. don't win? That's yeah. the question. I mean, people will make them. People will give it to them. And I don't understand sure. why. Uh, I don't know. People really. It's hard to win a Super Bowl. That's what you'll hear. Love it's hard him to win. And his dad. People yeah. in the media love him and his dad. It's it's really strange which coaches in sports have media following. Like, what the hell does the media really know about coaches? But they they've adamant that Kyle and his dad are just the greatest. But like, no one has anything really to say about George Seifert, who won two Super Bowl. Well, actually, won five Super Bowls, including what he did as an as an assistant. Yeah, right. I mean, right. there's really no one in, in the media that's like banging the table for Mike Holmgren. Although to me, he was a better coach than both Mike and Kyle. Uh, Mike Holmgren. He developed Brett Favre. That was trumped anything freaking those guys did yeah but yeah i mean brett Favre was essentially trey lance right yeah written off left for the dead yep picked up by the falcons glanville glanville made fun of brett Favre. i mean literally openly mocked him in front of the team yes and he goes to green bay and had i don't know a hell of a career three times here's what here's what mike holmgren did to get brett Favre on track ran him between the tackles It all comes full did. circle. That's what he did with Steve Young, too. It's, it's it's the secret. Yeah, it is. The secret. Isn't that like a book or a series or something like that? I feel like it is. Well, it should be now. All right. <laughs> if Fantastic. not, it is now with football. Run your quarterback between the tackles. It's the best way to do it. Yeah. It's genius. <laughs> Training camp, day one. Let's do some predictions. Yeah. Who's going to be out there? Who's going to be doing what? Well, I think the two players that come to mind are Brock Purdy and... Nick Bosa. Bosa. 
Yeah. So for different reasons, very, very different reasons. So let's actually go with two different predictions for Brock Purdy. Let's see where you're at, and then we might go a step further. Brock Purdy, do you believe first day of, of open camp, which is, what, Thursday the 27th or something like that, do you believe Brock Purdy will take a competitive throw in practice? No. Okay. No. 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 A competitive throw? No. I hope you understand. I agree. He'll be he'll be doing I the agree. Jimmy Garoppolo. He'll be pulling the Jimmy, doing the Jimmy. I agree. If it was a dance move, he'd be doing the Jimmy. <laughs> That's gonna be the Fourth Nine Screen Jam dance move. Doing the Jimmy. Doing the Jimmy. No. That's good. I like that. No. And he'll still start week one. He won't do a damn thing all off season. Start week one. Not okay. Be like, I'm here. <laughs> So, so that I, I think presumably that means that first you don't guy, think first snap under center Trey Lance. That's what's gonna be. If it's Sam Darnold, so help me God, so help me God. Kyle, don't you mess with me like that. I'm trying to give you the benefit of the doubt over here, but he's gonna do it. No, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Kyle, <laughs> I think the smartest move for you, the move that you should do is have Sam Darnold take the first reps with the first team team on the first day of training. Camp. Oh, I, I think that would be really like smart. This. Yeah. I don't think it would cause a controversy. I think everyone would think, oh, that's Kyle, man. He's so cool. That is such a cool thing to do. Do it. <laughs> Give Sam Darnold the first reps. I want you to. I think it would be a great move as quality control. That's I like what you did there. That was good. That was good. I think it might work. We should try this more often. We should. Don't play should. Trey Lance this year. <laughs> don't play Trey Lance at all. Man, he's trash. Trade him, actually. Trade I would him. trade him. Trade him. To an Whatever NFC team. Do, do not play him. Yeah. That would be stupid. Give him to the Rams, actually. There you go. Yeah. I like this. This is no, good. Don't give him to the Rams. <laughs> yeah. Right. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. So then Fine. do you think Brock Purdy takes zero snaps in front of fans at open any of the open open practices? Zero. I agree with you, actually. <laughs> None. You. Negative yeah. four snaps. In I agree Are with you. Are you kidding? I agree with you. They, they try to tell people, like, you can't film it. Everyone's going to be filming. They're not going to let that stuff get out. Whatever Brock Purdy's condition is before the season, they're not going to let anyone see it. It's going to be a secret. Because when they play him week one, he's probably not going to be 100% ready. But they're going to play him anyway. Because screw it, that's why. Mm. <laughs> is that really a thing? They they don't they tell fans they can't film at all, do they? Like, they have like phone from you, or what do they do? Signs, like, no, no recording now, please. It's like, yeah, huh? what are you going to do? Take my credential? I'm here for free. I'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> I actually paid to get in here, oddly enough. That's why a lot of times, um, like, some other people with YouTube channels, they'll actually get stuff on their channel that it's totally against the rules, like actual 11 on 11 stuff, where if I did that, they would just say, hey, Grant, um, that credential, let me get that. Run that. Run that. And never come back. So, yeah. Follow the rules. Yeah, that makes sense. So I don't really care to be credentialed. Uh, Bosa, do you think day one, fan open practice, he, I won't say on the field, because Bosa typically, even if he was extended, probably won't be on the field, but do you believe his extension will be in place? No. I don't either. <laughs> That's all. Oh, okay. No. Okay. I, I, I I think they'll probably get it done, but I just think Bosa is the opposite of Debo. Like, I'm in no rush. I talk like this. I know I'm going to get a lot of money. My brother got a lot of money. 
I'm better than my brother. I'm going to get more money than my brother. My dad's got my back. You know you need me. Drake <laughs> Jackson ain't it. Sorry. Sorry. You know, like, he's chilling. I think this he could let this go. He doesn't even want to, does he even want to be out there the whole, I mean, Bosa's doing his own thing. If it drags on, cool. What date do you think he signs by? Let's give a prediction. Um, say the first day the pad's going. So like day five. Okay. Day five. They see. Okay. Something like that. What do you think? That's interesting because I, I don't know what date it falls on exactly, but I was gonna say that by the time practice ends on Sunday, I believe the thirtieth mm. is when we'll get the announcement that he has signed his extension. I think with Debo, it was right before they put the pads on. I think they kept saying, like, whispering, like, look, we really don't need him out there until the pads are on. Like, Yeah. So, especially with, like, a D lineman, like, what are you going to do without pads on? Right. Like, but Bosa what? will be there. I think Bosa will definitely yeah, he'll be, be there. there. He'll be there. Yeah. yeah. But he'll be practicing. You'll, I think Debo was there. Yeah, you'll hear a lot of the same things. Actually, Shanahan will say things like, hey, you know, we understand why he's not practicing. We don't expect him to practice until things get done. We're working on it. We'll figure it out. Yada, yada, yada. Pads come on. Always signed. That's miraculous. <laughs> right. And they they want Bosa so bad. Like, they want Bosa more than almost any quarterback in the league. They think they can get by with any quarterback, but they feel they need a special DN. They think he's the best. Like, they're going to give the franchise quarterback contract to him i'm just curious to see what percentage of it is guaranteed because i think it's going to be a very large percentage and i think it's going to be way more than the niners have ever given anyone ever 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 it's going to be interesting oh it's not even going to be close it's going to break all molds that the 49ers have put in place up to this point can I say parag is rolling around can i say hating the thought of this it's going to yeah. piss off you and niner fans oh me okay i like this let's see i think it's a mistake the, the Bosa contract. I think it's a mistake. It's a lot of money. It's one guy. He doesn't play quarterback. He does have an injury history. I think it's a mistake. I think they're going to regret it. Um, I'm just saying that. I don't need anyone to agree with me. I just want to put no. myself on the record. I, it is July 12th, 2023, and they're going to give Nick Bosa the contract, and 100% of people are going to praise it, and I just want to whisper like in an ASMR, NPR-type way, <laughs> I wouldn't do it if I were the 49ers. I would not do it. I, would I don't fully disagree with you. He's still gonna be a great player. He's still gonna be great. He's still gonna be great. But for sure he is. I mean, for what you're paying, one guy doesn't touch the ball, doesn't play quarterback. We'll see. What does he do at the end of the playoffs? What does he do in the playoffs? He's a little tired. Here's Here's the only pushback I'm going to give on this Push. is there is no quarterback option. And what I mean by that is during the offseason, when Lamar Jackson was out there to potentially be had, that is something that they should have considered heavily. They, If they had any Bosa opportunity at all to trade Bosa with Lamar. something for somebody like Lamar Jackson, you have to make that trade. Uh -huh. But they didn't. And so there is no quarterback that you can give a lot of money to or you should give a lot of money to. So at this point, the right move is to sign him. And we'll see if they regret it. 
Only injury, I think, would take that away. But certainly, Lamar Jackson, if he was in play, they should have made that move. And a lot of people hated it when I said it then, and I'm sure they're going to hate it now. Can I just, before we move on, because I know they're not going to trade Nick Bosa. I know it's not even worth no. talking about. But if they did, what do you think they could get? Two first-round picks. Two. Easily. It's worth more than a lot of quarterbacks. Could you get a quarterback? Could you just get a quarterback? How about that? If if you would have come... Forget let's a say Lamar Jackson. I need a quarterback. Play. Yeah. Let's say Lamar Jackson wasn't in play. Who was the team that had two first-rounders? Uh, uh, Detroit. Detroit Lions had two first-rounders. If you could have gotten their two first-round picks and signed Yannick Ngakwe, I would have done it in a heartbeat. That's just me. Well, but I can hear people being saying, like, look, you trade Bosa for draft picks is kind of like trading Buckner for draft picks. You could end up with someone who's not as good as the guy you traded. I get it. But what if you just traded him for a freaking established quarterback? Could you do it? How good would the quarterback be? Could you get a top 10 quarterback for Bosa right now? I mean, the, the, the contracts would match up. Could you get... Who's a top 10 quarterback? I bet you could have gotten Aaron Rodgers for Bosa. Okay. So, yeah. The answer is yes. I'd rather have a top 10 quarterback than Nick Bosa. As great would as Nick you, Bosa is. And if he's worth a top 10 quarterback, then give me the damn top 10 quarterback. What are we doing here? What are we doing? Would That's you rather have... And again, <laughs> you have a fallback like Yannick Ngakwe. So, it's not like you're just trading Bosa for two first-round picks or, or her quarterback. Not just was other guys. How many yeah. good edge rushers are available right now that you could sign? There's a few. Houston's a few. still out there. Yeah. Is Leonard Floyd still out there? Or they, they, he gets signed. No, he signed with the Bills. Clowney's okay. still out there. Clowney. Uh, Frank Clark that's just three. came off the market as well to Denver. So okay. that's three, though. I mean, that's three. Like, yeah. You could get. You could get those guys. It seems yeah. like there's actually an abundance of edge rushers right now. If we're being honest, it's an important position. But all positions are important. Running back's an important position, but it's also like there's an abundance of talent at that position. I think like there's an abundance of edge rushers who can get the quarterback. There is not an abundance of quarterbacks, never have been, never will be. So anyway, they're not going to trade Nick Bosa for a top 10 no, quarterback. Of course but it's not. something to think about. I mean, I don't know. 32 extra million <laughs> can help also on top of those the Niners picks, quarterback, so uh, the Niners Super Bowl window. Isn't it really Nick Bosa being cheap? Once he's expensive, it's going to be a whole different team, man. Well, that's kind of the argument that I make when people say, well, Brock Purdy, Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, even if Brock Purdy's Jimmy Garoppolo, you're getting him for a fraction of the price, which is great. But when Jimmy Garoppolo was quote unquote expensive, Bosa, Debo, Armstead, Buckner at the time, all of these guys were inexpensive. Now all the all of these guys are expensive, and the quarterback is inexpensive, which means it's an offset. It's exactly the same. So if Purdy's not exactly. significantly better than Jimmy. Your result is still not winning a Super Bowl, regardless. Right. So instead of having a cheap quarterback room, you don't. You're just spending quarterback money on a different position, which to me is yes. worth. Like, I'd rather have an expensive quarterback than an expensive non-quarterback who's making quarterback money. Like, at least the quarterback plays quarterback. It's the most important position. Potent potentially. I, I don't know if I would want to pay a Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins type. If the money were the same, astronomical. Dollar for well, dollar if it's thirty-two million a year, yeah, probably. 
but not f- court actual quarterback money of 40 45 50 you know how many sacks bosa had in, in his last five games last year zero one one what was that he it never was had this place for that. he was like well what do you expect i mean i get sacks all, i'm not allowed to have a like what happened man no you're not allowed to have a slump you're the man you're a machine man. what happened were you tired were you hurt yeah i never we never I got mean, an explanation there he did get a Minahu a couple cleanup sacks. I do remember that. But then those aren't going to show up in the stat sheet, but they definitely show up against Seattle in the playoffs, actually. I think a couple of the cleanups. So I don't think Bosa played. Definitely, he didn't play maybe as elite no, as we would like him to. He wasn't making the typical impact that he does. That True. At $32 million, he could get more than that. He could get 35 Oh, Jesse. yeah. Yeah, he could. That's a lot of money. So, that's yeah, a lot you can't of money. That's a lot of like money. That making quarterback money. Like, you're supposed yeah. to be the machine that you are. Anyway, trade him. Trade him. Trade him. <laughs> I, I think that ship has sailed. Now <laughs> I would say no. If if you were saying this before the draft or the something draft, like that, it's not I would probably happen. be on board. But now, too. no, it's way too late. Way too late for that. I just want people to remember that on July 12th, 2023, I said trade Nick Bosa. I mean, the they already don't forget that you said don't draft Bosa, so I'm sure they're not going to forget this one. <laughs> and I'll be lumped into it, too. Well, now so they won't forget because you brought it up. <laughs> yeah, I like Josh Allen and Brian Burns. Damn. Oh, I would definitely take Josh Allen. Yes, of course. No, the of other course. Josh Allen. Oh, the other Josh. Oh, yeah, not not that Josh I Allen. I liked it. I thought he was good at Kentucky. I was like, Burns is yeah. good. Not Bosa Burns is good, good, but he's good. He bends better. Anyway, thanks a lot. God, it's taking L's all day. Last topic, and then we'll take some super chats. Give me two 49ers you think can slash will make their first Pro Bowl this year. Number one. I'll give a name, and then I'll let you give a name because I don't want to take right. both from you. The number one player on my list is Charvarius Ward. Okay. I think I think Charvarius Ward is severely underrated. You look at him statistically, he holds up as one of the top corners in the league. For one reason or another, he's just not put into that upper echelon. He's not respected the way that I believe he should be respected. And I believe that he's entering his physical prime. I think this might be his best year. He's got a coach, a defensive coordinator that is primarily focused on developing corners in the secondary. So I think that could bode well for him. And I don't think that there's a lot of lockdown corners really in the NFL anymore, especially in the NFC. The AFC's got a few of them. NFC, I'm trying to think. Jair Alexander's always hurt. He's good, but he's always hurt. True. Slay's a little bit older. Ramsey went to the AFC. So I think there's a clear path for him to make a Pro Bowl. I'm going to go Charvarius Ward. It's a really good one. I like that one. I think a lot of people are expecting us to say Brandon Ayuk, but I'm hesitant to say that one. Him. I can't go really, Ayuk. I can't go Ayuk. Because I wish it was Ayuk. I love it's not Ayuk. up to Ayuk. It's up to yeah. Kyle and the quarterback. Can the quarterback get him the ball? Can Kyle call his number? Is Kyle going to get mad at him for no freaking reason and put him in the doghouse for yeah. a week or three? Don't know. I mean, really, I, I, I talk to coaches, former coaches, coaches I trust, and one that I trust very much, just gushes about Ayuk whenever I bring him up, and he says, "Man, that guy it reminds me so much of Tory Holt." Tory Holt was one of the best split ends of 
our childhood. And he was the kind of guy that would catch the ball down the field because he had quarterbacks who could get it to him. But Ayuk's over here running these like little whip routes like he's freaking Wes Welker. It's not really fair. Like Torrey Holt didn't have to do that stuff. And Ayuk does. It reminds me a little bit of maybe not to this level because A.J. Brown is, I mean, elite of elite. But A.J. Brown was kind of pigeonholed into a certain type of receiver with the Titans. And as right. soon as he got into Philadelphia, they, that's all they thought he was. And a couple weeks in, they unlocked his ability to go deep. And, oh, my gosh, he's unstoppable on a whole nother level. I feel like we're waiting to see that with Ayuk because of potentially the quarterback and the head coach. You put him on a team. You put him on Buffalo. You put him on Cincy. You put him on some of these other teams. Oh my gosh. I, Kansas Brandon and Ayuk would be elite. He is elite. It's a, I think it's kind of a shame how they've sort of buried him. They don't really promote him like they promote McCaffrey or Kittle. Um, so I don't know how much money he's going to make. I mean, they're essentially costing him money. But to his credit, he doesn't complain publicly. He had that one tweet where he basically said, you know, fourth option to run first team, which. Yeah you could just say his motivation. Um, so I'm not going with him. I, I don't trust Kyle Shanahan or the coach or the quarterback to get in the ball. So I'm going to go with Eric Armstead. Ooh, my favorite player on the defense, Eric. Because here's the thing about Eric Armstead. He's made a lot of money in his career. He's made, boy, I, I, $68 million with the 49. He's, you know, he's, he's put up some good, some good years, but he's never been to a Pro Bowl. And this year, he'll be 30, and he'll be making $23.7 million. I think he has it in him to stay healthy and make his first Pro Bowl because he's such a great player. Eric Armstead, I have his jersey. I'm his number one fan, and I really believe <laughs> that this is the year he stays healthy, has 10, 11, 12 sacks, goes to his first Pro Bowl. Eric, I believe in you. Ooh, big Eric Armstead fan. I'm setting the bar high for Eric this year. Everyone, everyone, he, he'll have one of these seasons where he plays like nine games and have no sacks, and people will be like, that was great. He was so good the way he set. No, Eric is so much better than that. You guys don't think it. I think that Eric's better than you guys do. So that's why I'm saying Eric's going to go to the Pro Bowl this year. Me. And he, that should be I, the expectation for Eric Armstead. <clears throat> where they pay he him. hit his stride in the playoffs. I mean, he yeah. got a couple of sacks and show, played really well. He he's a dominant player, Jesse. Yep. Dominant. He's got to do it. Hell yeah. Got to do it. And he's an Oregon Duck, so I am fully endorse that message. <laughs> Niners tried to act like he was better than Buckner when they made that. They're like, look, uh-huh, I agree. That's why he's going to make the Pro Bowl this year. Big Eric Armstead guy. He's also <laughs> going to win the Walter, Maiden, the Walter Payton Man of the Year. It's going to be a big year for Eric Armstead. 2023, the Armstead year. Can't I win. think the biggest troll job in the world would be wearing an Eric Armstead shirt to a press conference and see if he answers your questions. <laughs> I think they could take my credential for that, too. I think that's yeah, they probably could. I think that's unprofessional <laughs> to wear any Niners gear at all. Um, uh, Don C says, had my daughter's birthday. LaCroix makes you LaCray cray, bruh. <laughs> Those bubbles go straight to your head every time. Dave Barclay says, Grant was right uh, with the <laughs> you're crazy, trank man. dart. You're crazy, man. I love you, but you're crazy. MM sounded like he was high as hell, shot himself in the neck. I almost feel like he was probably talking to a bad microphone or something. There's no way. Something. I know what he sounds like. It sound like that. Shout out to <laughs> Mike McDaniel for being cool. Hey, guys, either one of you going to be at the Niner game in Seattle this year? It's the one game I can go to being stationed at the Army. You will be. In Washington. Yeah, I'll be there. I'll be having one of them Seattle dogs, too. 
Do you know about this? I should have made a video, but I didn't. Last year, Seattle dog. It was like eight, it was like a few hours before the game. I figured it wouldn't get much traction. But in Seattle, if you get a Seattle dog, it's like nine bucks. And it's like a hot link or whatever. And they'll give you some like grilled onions and a big slab on the side of cream cheese. Ooh. And you go up there and you're like, if you're, if you're not from there, you're like, I don't know. And they're like, you don't. Because the cream cheese is extra, a dollar extra. And everyone's getting it. They're like, you don't want the cream cheese? And I'm like, okay, I'll try the cream cheese. And you're like, this is, I'm not going to be able to keep this down. But it's actually surprisingly, it's actually really good. And then it makes you feel really? like maybe cream cheese has more uses than just bagels. It's good. Ooh, it's fantastic. Well, that's not one fantastic. of my favorite, like, Super Bowl chip dips is cream cheese and chili. You take a block of cream cheese to every can of chili and you cook it together. It's very, very good. Very good. That does sound really good. Um, Dave Barkley. Underrated. I think we're going to hear a lot about Mason soon. Oh, wait. Hold on. That's another guy I wanted to say for players who can make a Pro Bowl. Jordan Mason. You think Mason? It's always someone new with the Niners running backs, and they can't keep their running backs healthy either. And nothing against Christian McCaffrey, but he's got his own injury history. Elijah Mitchell, we know. I haven't seen Jordan Mason get hurt yet, so that could be the last man standing this year. I got another one. Whoever starts week one at quarterback, assuming that's most likely going to be Brock Purdy, I think the quarterback. You look at the NFC, the quarterbacks are not very good, top to bottom. Geno, Jared Goff, Jalen Hurts. Dak Prescott. Dak. Yeah. Quarterback out of San Francisco, definitely. Kirk. If he plays all 17 games, Kirk Cousins could make a Pro Bowl. No doubt about it. Who's going to have a better year? Brock Purdy or Jordan Love? Purdy. Assuming he plays all 17. I don't I think he's going to play. Why would you assume? That's the hard part. That's I, the that's thing. Because I, I don't want to assume yeah. injury. I hate. I just I know, don't want right? to assume it's, injury. It's not nice. It's not nice. It's not. It's not. And I, yeah, it's really not. It's um, realistic, but. It's realistic. It's not nice. Yeah. That's what, that's <laughs> I, what I was trying to get I don't want any, anybody to get injured. Of course not. And you wouldn't predict it. But at the same time, you got to be realistic. And when I was talking yeah. to Rob this morning, and I, we were debating, like, is Kyle culpable, responsible for these injuries? Like. I don't know, like, when do you acknowledge yes. the pattern? When do you acknowledge the pattern? Like, it is not just with the Niners. It goes back to Washington. Like, I don't know. If you're not fixing it, are you part of the problem? I don't know. Here's the thing with the Purdy injury. We'll just isolate that one injury, and that's what you guys were discussing today. So I figure it's probably relevant. Purdy definitely held on to the ball too long and had a lane to step up. I acknowledge those things. However, if you watched even just a few plays from Philadelphia going into that game, Hassan Reddick, his assignment is not to go after the running back on any play action. He goes straight for the quarterback. So you knew that that was going to happen going into the game. Here's just a guy with a YouTube channel. He done that. He done that on. He done that on film all season. Towards the tail end of the season, yes, it was all over the place. He did not go after How did they miss any that? running place. How did they miss that? It was something what I talked about leading up to the week of the game. Yes, I know. I saw. I saw it. So there's no way that they didn't also, see it. The week before, when they played the Cowboys, the way I felt is that they treated Michael Parsons like he was Lawrence Taylor. Every play, he was chipped. He was double, triple teamed. I mean, they gave him so much respect, and they were like, "We don't care. We'll score 19 points. Don't care." 
We're going to score 19 points. We're going to win. We're not going to get our quarterback hurt. The next week, they're like, fuck Philly. Like, this D-line is trash. Like, what are you talking about? It's even better than Dallas's D-line. What are you doing? Yeah, but even then, they didn't, the, the first half, they didn't have the right plan for Parsons. This is how you take a guy like that out of the game. You run directly at him, and you run screens to his side of the field. So when he doesn't bite on a play action, you use that against him, you dump the ball over his head, and you get big gains. And then you start to make him slow down. Even a tenth of a second is enough to get that throw off. If he slows down after the first quarter because you're running dump-off screens right behind him when he's not biting on your play action or you're running the ball directly at him and making him play a physical game when he doesn't want to do that, now you can start to mix in the play action. It showed up all over film. That's how they should have attacked Parsons. They didn't do it until the second half and it worked. That's exactly how they should have attacked Reddick. And they decided, hey, let's go play action seven-step drop to start the game. Bad decision. Yes, Purdy had some blame, but so did Kyle Shanahan. Absolutely. And I think it's clear the Niners respected Michael Parsons. Clear. They did not yeah. respect Hassan Reddick. But you know what? Now they do. Michael Alinis says, I really hope people will wake up and realize once Brock comes back down to earth, he'll look much like number 10. He gives me those vibes. Pre-injury Jimmy, first five games look great. Brock's first eight could be. That's not could even be. the argument. A lot of people talk about Jimmy in his first five. Jimmy <laughs> has fooled people for many, many years. Yeah. You look at that 2019 season, best season of his career. Most people were fooled through that season. People. Even now and up through last year thought that Jimmy was still that deal. So it wasn't just a five-game stint that he put on film and then fell off the face of the earth. It was a whole couple years that he put on some pretty decent film and fooled a lot of people. SF Bay Drummer says, It's interesting how Debo had to jump through hoops to get his money and Bosa's is so free and easy, quite interesting. I don't think Debo had to jump through hoops. I think he, I think no. he put himself through anguish that wasn't necessary. I agree. Sorry, but that's how I see it. Um, also, premium what? position. Uh, when you look at, let's just look at what's covered in the NFL. Bosa's resume Ooh. is pristine. There's nothing else to worry about. Debo had one great year. Who is drafted highest? Quarterbacks, edge tackles, rushers. edge rushers. Those yeah. are the three highest drafted positions. Those are the three highest paid positions. So if you show out at any of those position groups, you're going to get paid. Easily. Bosa knows his worth. He's going to get paid more than the last edge rusher. Yep. The top, like Debo couldn't say that. He didn't have that type of resume where you could say, I, I, he wanted to be the highest paid wide receiver. And the league essentially laughed in his face. Yeah. Sorry. 29ers says, thoughts if Trey gets fifth year option while on the bench? Won't happen. That's my thought. If, he, if he's Wait. not the presumed starter going into next year, there's no way he gets that. Yeah, he'd have to really show out this year. Ray Vasquez says, two-part question. Is it possible Sam gets cut before the season starts? And uh, best favorite rap diss track of all time, hit him up, back-to-back, -back. real uh, MFGs, my top three. Yeah, real MFGs would be a great one. That's from Easy e against Dr. Dre. Also, still a, still Dre Day is a diss record against Easy e Those are both two great ones. Also, T-shirt and buttons. The one that Lil B made about uh, Joe Budden ended his career. He became a podcaster after that. That's the best diss track of all time. Lil B, when he was like freaking 20 on his YouTube channel, making fun of Joe Budden, who every 40-year-old man thinks is so cool. Joe Budden used to rap 
Lil B made fun of him one time, and Joe Budden's like, I am now a podcast. Look at look at Jesse. You like Joe Budden, don't you? You like no. Him? Okay, good, 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 good. Awful. Good, good. Awful. 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 Just worst. Sorry. That's my answer. How about um, West Side Connection, King of the Hill? That's a good one. I'm not a big fan of Ether or the Takeover. I I, I'm, I never really liked Nas or Jay Z. I thought it was a bunch of hype. Uh, yeah, Awful. there wasn't a lot there. Do you ever go to a party yeah. and ever hear Nas or Jay Z at the party? Ever? What song would it be? I prefer Nas to Jay Z. I've never been a Jay Z guy ever. I've Me never either. liked Jay Z ever. Like, well, what do I need to hear him rap about how we built an empire? Like, cool. Your yeah. music is boring and I can't play it. <laughs> Whoever dances to a Jay-Z song, like the one you would dance to is Big Pimpin', but I just consider it a UGK song, personally. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it is. Yes, I get it. Is it possible Sam gets cut before the season starts? Yes. Slim. Slim chance. But I, I would say, yes, there's that possibility. Sudfeld was given essentially the same contract last year and was it was cut or traded or whatever. So, yes. Yep. Dave Barclay says, asked you two a few weeks ago about which jersey to purchase. We came up with McCaffrey and just came in the mail two days ago. Pray, I just pray my luck of jinxing guys as continue with this one. I think you're pretty, you just jinxed them. It's over. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe you buying jerseys is like the Madden curse. And thanks for that. We appreciate it. Dave says, I feel like MM learned the good and the bad from Kyle, the good and the bad. I feel like he saw Kyle and was like, you know what? If I get my chance, I'm going to do things a little bit differently. Mm. You think Jordan Love is a winning season? Maybe. Winning season? Yeah. Yes. I mean, nine yeah. and eight is a winning season. Actually, no. I'm going to say no. I think they can go. I think Detroit and Minnesota is better than that. I think, I actually think Chicago, I think Green Bay could be the worst team in that division. They could be. I I have zero trust in Minnesota. They just had a fire sale this offseason. That's a really good point. I think LaFleur is down the river soon, says Dave. Sure. Maybe. I agree. Matthew Sanders says West Coast heathens disrespect the schmear pudding cream cheese on a hot dog. Cousin, that's a war crime. They throw you in New York jail for that. <laughs> <laughs> hey man i liked it jay figs ramon says if trey starts it could be an advantage for the niners to start the season since purdy's expected to start great show been a fan since the pd thank you um sure yeah like a like a a curveball that, that people wouldn't see coming yeah, yeah. maybe i think i think ryan's take on whoever starts week one is at a disadvantage as far as the quarterbacks go i tend to agree with that Dave Barclay says, talking music, you like Mount Westmore. Um, no. Uh, but uh, Sugar Free and Cocaine um, made an album together like it's freaking 1999 again. <laughs> but it's not. And they made it, it, was pretty, it was really good. I liked it. I like old man rap sometimes when it's nostalgic. So yeah, it's called Sugar it's Cane. Never, it's never the same, though. No, it never is. Brother Bob says, Sam still sees ghosts at Kittles. He should be cut right now. Why would he say that? I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. He talks and, like he's a Beavis and Butthead real life character. He's with the Niners quarterbacks, they're always like very smart, you know, like they, they passed the S2 test and they like very well spoken. Trey Brock. He gets Sam coming in here and he's like, Man, you sound like Kyle. <laughs> worse. <laughs> you sound just like Kyle. What are you talking about, man? Way worse. Way worse. Anyway. Thanks for watching the show. It's late. We went on later than usual. Um, just to mess with you. Just to keep We both in. agree. Let's throw this out there since we're talking rap. Harlem World album, best yeah. track is looking at me, right? We both yes. agree there? 
Okay. Looking at me, it, it should because when it came out, when that album came out, the big hit was "Feel So Good." Great song. Yep. I feel like the world wasn't really ready for looking at me. It was kind I of agree. a darkish song, but it was produced by the Neptunes. It was one of their first, first big hits. Although it wasn't even a great song. Great song. Great song. Love that song. But the whole album is good. I mean, the way I think of that album, Harlem World, it's the Great Gatsby. It's the American Dream. Mm. It's so set up. So it's Puff, Puffy was so good at putting together that album. <laughs> he was. Just some he like, was. Yeah. I mean, it was the whole progression of like, okay, I'm rich, and here's the other, and I can you trust my friends, and I got this lady, da, 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 and it's just perfect. There's one song on it that isn't good, and I forget what it is, but it doesn't matter because the whole thing's great. And one of the songs is produced by Stevie J, who I love. Shout out, Stevie. Love you so. Yeah, it is definitely one of those albums that you can just let play. Oh, I and I do. actually, and I do. On the way back from San Francisco airport to your house, that's what we're going to listen to. We'll listen to that album all the way through. I love the first <laughs> song. It always gives me so juice when I'm feeling myself. It'll be the same cast that would <laughs> listen to my demo. Now they want the ass in my limo because now I'm a sex symbol. Intercontinental. Love that. Because that's what such my life. A good, such a that's good song. That's life. your life. That's it. Perfect. Good. I'm a sex symbol. Intercontinental. And, and your today's Buff Daddy. So there we go. Just like Jay Leno. Okay. <laughs> They say, and oh, Mace's flow was so laid back and easy. People be like, but what about the double entendres? Shut up. So So. that that was actually one of the funniest things. I I know that a lot of people, I know that you're not a big Eminem guy, but one of, when he was making fun of Mace and he said, slow down, Mace, you're killing him. I was like, all right, that's, that's pretty good. That's a good, that's all right. All right. Hell yeah. All right, Mal. (laughs) Good show. Great to see you, Jesse. Let's do it again sometime soon. All right, bro. Yeah, maybe maybe next Maybe next Wednesday we can same place. All right, sounds pretty good. (laughs) See you guys. (laughs) See you.